0: And so over the last three weeks, we, today we're going to finish off our series of faith and work. And last, the first week of two weeks ago, I introduced to you Pastor Scott Morrison uh, with a different co, and he shared about how our vocation, uh, where we spend the majority of our time, both paid or unpaid, is, can be an area of calling. Can I hear an amen? Yeah? Not just the pastor, not just a global worker or missionary, but your, every single one of you can be called by God to where you are. And the following week, we had Shady Jandy and some of the community managers from Waterman to share how do we love God by loving our neighbor, to see God's divine purpose, to put Him exactly where you are with the people around you so that you can actually reach out and show and express the love of God to people. And so today, we're going to hear from Andy Selman. Uh, I'm going to introduce him in a sec. But we're going to speak about work from rest. Now, you know, a lot of times when you think about work, you don't think about rest, do you? But how many of us need rest from our work? (laughs) Yeah? Like, busyness is like a badge. It's like an epidemic, you know, in in this modern day age. But, you know, it's so important for us to learn how to rest, you know? Uh, Sometimes we can be workaholics or sometimes even not just physical rest. We're talking about just soul rest. The kind of rest that Jesus talks about where we can get uh, rest in our soul, right? Because we can be so busy. And sometimes physical rest doesn't resolve the rest that we need. So how do we get a rest and rhythm and a pace of Jesus in our life? And where this came about was a few months ago. I was in a Waterman co-working space. We we're having coffee and mixing, connecting with people. And this is where I met Andy Selman. And so when we met each other, you know, we didn't really know each other. I said, oh, tell me a little bit about your business. And he ran a business called Rest and Rhythm. And so straight away, my, my Christian antennas perked up. We go, Ting-ting. I think this guy might be a Christian. I mean, who names his whole business called Rest and Rhythm, you know? I'm thinking it must be that whole Matthew 11, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But you're not sure. So we kind of speak in code and eventually be like, I'm covered and go, we're both Christians. And, you know, and then we're connected in that way. And so um, so it, it was in that moment, um, just to listen and we rebuild a friendship over the last few months, just to hear the encounter that he's had with God and how he began his journey of learning rest and building rhythm into his life and helping others to do the same. And so he's got a business to help small businesses, especially entrepreneurs, build rest and rhythm uh, for the sake of their families, for the sake of their businesses, and also their life. And, and that, that, that speaks a lot to me because my brother's an entrepreneur, I grew up in a small business family, and so I kind of understand the impact of that uh, in, in small business owners and the, and the impact that it has on their family. And so to see a Christian man feeling so passionate about this and integrating it into a business solution for small business owners, I thought, he's a living example. It would be great for us to hear from him. Amen? Yeah? And so uh, just a little bit about him. Uh, He's married to Fran for over 40 years, which is an amazing feat in itself. Two adult children, one grandchild a professional accountant with experience in the corporate world, as a financial director, general manager, founder, and now CEO of his business. Um, I look forward to hearing what you have to share about Sabbath Heart. Uh, So what we're going to do is, the way we're going to frame this, we're going to hear a 10-15 minute devotion from him, then later we're going to have a bit of a conversation between him and I, just to draw out some of his insights. So why don't we just welcome Andy, yeah? Welcome. Yeah, how about I pray for you and I'll I'll leave you to it. Yeah, Lord God, we just thank you for Andy. We thank you for what you're doing in his life and through his life. And we pray that you'll speak through him to each and every one of us, God. That there will be uh, a life that will be given from your word, but also an impartation from what you've done in his life to the rest of us. Uh, Come Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak. Because we want to listen. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Well, thanks for having me this morning. Uh, It's lovely to be with you all. Uh, It's an interesting topic, Rest and Rhythm, isn't it? Because some people don't even know what that's all about. And when I went to register restandrhythm.com, I never, ever believed that I would get it. And so it really surprised me that no one else had ever spoken about it before. Um, But uh, God was um, calling me into that space and has done so for over 10 years now Um, I'm not naturally a guy who would uh, uh, sit down by a river but God has given me that joy and that um, pleasure so this morning at 7 o'clock I was in the Emerald Lake Park and having church I was with my father I was with Jesus Because that's where I find him now. I find him in nature. God didn't create that space for us not to enjoy. And so many of us get caught up in concrete and asphalt and never get back to the grassroots of nature. And that's where I kind of feel I belong. It's kind of crazy that he's called me to the business world. Why didn't he call me to agriculture? But he's called me to business. He called me to do all of that. I've been in church my whole life. I was born into the church. I've been through many different churches. My parents ended up on the mission field. So I've known all of these things. But I had to find my own expression of Jesus. Because if I didn't know him, he was just an idea in my head. And so I've had to go on these journeys of finding him. And um, one of the things that I love about Christianity is we pray, don't we? Now, there are some times when we really want to um, say specific words. And I want to pray a prayer this morning before I speak because I feel as though today's connected back to what Paul was saying. Pastor Paul here, well, four weeks ago, and I think he spoke about love and connecting the fruit of the Spirit with it. And um, I just love that as a thought. And one of my most favourite crafted prayers is the fruit of the Spirit prayer. And so when I was watching you, Paul, on the, on the, um, on the, the screen, um, I thought, gosh, should I do that? And so what I'd love us all to do is, can we stand And put your hands out, because we're going to try and have an experience. And here we go. I speak into the atmosphere a sound of victory, courage, and strength. I release your everlasting love into my heart. I release joy welling up from within me that creates an overflow of exhilaration around me. I invite Jesus to invade me as a prevailing peace that passes my understanding. Your patience makes time stand still and releases an overriding rest within me. I respond to your kindness as the creator of the context for my whole life. Your goodness is my fortress and a cornerstone of my relationship with you. Your faithfulness stands tall in my life as a reminder to oppression that you are defeated. I lie down in an oasis of your gentleness, which allows you to renew and revive my mind. In you, I find the most amazing self-control that allows me to remain calm and transcend the pressing moments of of my circumstances. Amen. You can all sit down. (laughs) Somehow I love crafted prayer. Uh, A guy called Graham Cook introduced me to it. And uh, if you've never tried to craft a prayer before, uh, it's a really great thing to do. Um, What I just want to talk to you about, though, is just a couple of verses of Scripture it is the whole foundation of rest and rhythm. It is Matthew eleven, twenty eight to 30. And so I just want to take us and work our way through with this. Just let me get here. I think I might have gone. Okay, I just want to start with come to me. Because are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Who's there? I've been there trying so hard, trying to live the Christian life, why would you try? Why wouldn't you just meet Jesus? Why wouldn't you just go, hey, come and work with me? So he says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. What I've found is that slowing down Requires some degree of intentionality and determination. You don't suddenly wake up one day and go, Oh gosh, I'm just going to stop being busy. You've got to be really determined on that. And the other thing that I've found is that when we slow down, it's easier to engage and connect with both God and also the people around us. I'm a born Russia, I love being busy. So I've got to actually get myself to slow down. Get into that place where both God can connect with me and I can connect others. And we all start somewhere, don't we? Like you won't suddenly just be a great connector with God, although that sometimes happens. A lot of the time we've just got to learn to connect. We've got to take the time to learn. Get out of that busy space and just learn to connect. Then Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Now you know where the rhythm from rest and rhythm comes from. Observation is the beginning of learning something new. That's why we live in community. Because we can actually watch other people. Over the years, I've seen people do certain things and then thought, hey, I could do that too. And so Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. We all know we're his hands and feet, yeah? So sometimes we see Jesus at work in other people. That's why it's so good to hang out in a community. That's why it's so good to be to connected to somewhere like this church which, by the way, is an amazing, amazing church. Um, I hear about this church from people who don't go here anymore, but used to come here. And the history that is in this place is incredible. When I was coming over here this morning, I felt to say, this is an apostolic church. Somehow, the apostolic nature is on this church. Um, And that's why it's such a privilege for me this morning to be asked to speak here. So when he says, walk with me and work with me, are we pursuing him? Or are we being pursued by him? Now those of you that have ever fallen in love, we pursue one another, don't we? And Jesus wants to pursue you. You just got to let him. (laughs) You've got to slow down and let him pursue you. It's an act of vulnerability. It's not, hey, I want to pray to you, God. It's, Father, I'm here. Jesus, I'm here. I open my life up to you. Will you pursue me? Now, the interesting thing is, his rhythm is more of a dance than a walk or a march. How many of you have danced? Not these modern dances, but something like a waltz. The rhythm is really important, isn't it? And when we're connecting with Jesus, the rhythm is so important. And just to say, hey, he knows us intimately. And what does he say? I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Just think about that. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That means he cares for you. Let's just have a look at a couple of scriptures. 1 Peter five seven, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And because he cares about you, he won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Psalm one hundred and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He knows us. And the thing I love is we're all different. But we're all his children. Lastly, Matthew 7 and 9. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? I'm here to declare that you can trust Jesus. He knows you so well. He wants to pursue you. Will you let him pursue you? And lastly, I want to talk about keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Who here today would love to live freely and lightly? I'm one of them. Because it's easy to get sort of weighed down by what's going on. You get busy, you get doing all of those things, you get weighed down. But this is learn to live freely and lightly. And freely and lightly describe our inner world manifesting into our outer world. What do I I mean by that? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when our heart's no good, guess what the mouth is like? I'm a verbal processor. And so I've had to learn that the hard way, right? But we want to keep our hearts soft because when our hearts are soft, great things come out of our mouth. (laughs) I've heard some great things come out of my mouth over time, but it's always been when my heart has been soft and it's easy to get hard-hearted. How much rejoicing do we do? So the Aramaic word for rejoice is chada, which is joy expressed in a wedding dance. And so now I want to ask us, um, and this is a tough subject for men, right? How do we become the bride of Christ? Now the gals seem to be able to get that bit more easily than us guys, right? Um, And so how How do we become the bride of Christ altogether? Well, I can tell you we can't do it if we're not living freely and lightly. You're a man now. How would you like a grumpy bride? You wouldn't, would you? You want someone who's got that sense of freedom and lightly. How can we be the bride of Christ if we're not connected to his rhythm and his rest? And how can we be the bride of Christ if we can't feel and move to the sound of his heartbeat? How many of you would love to hear the sound of his heartbeat? A few. What do you think it sounds like? Have we been created in his image? Yes? So, can we play what a heartbeat sounds like? Maybe just close your eyes and listen to this. That's enough. Um, most creative people would say that the heart beats in three-four rhythm, and the rock pop beat that has overtaken the Western world is somewhat destroying that. And so the three-four is a really important part. Can we play the three-four, the the the, um, the second clip? how he sounds because we're the bride of Christ I think that's probably enough (laughs) so you get my point we want to live freely and lightly We want to be connected to Jesus because that's an incredible place to live from and that is the place of rest and rhythm.
0: Great. Uh, That's it. It's done. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Now, I just thought, Well, I wanted to kind of, um, if I can get someone to help me with the chairs, but I just got... um, Wanted to get Andy just to share a little bit from scripture and the basis from where that comes from. But now we just kind of want to have a bit of a conversation. Because I think he's just got a lot of gems inside of him. And I just, as we were planning and preparing for this, I just thought the best way to do it is just to ask him some questions. Sound good? Yeah? So, um, yeah. Ugh. Let's get into it. Hello, Andy. I just want to say thank you. I've, I've listened to you um, you know, share a lot about the stuff that you've shared. But why don't we start from the beginning, give some people a bit of context. Um, Tell us a little bit about your business, right? Rest and Rhythm. What is your vision behind it and why (laughs) you used to be in the corporate world and you were crazy busy and then now you've shifted gears and wanting to help others establish your Rest and Rhythm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, the one thing that I've worked out in life is that it never goes according to plan. Um, And because it never goes according to plan... When that doesn't happen in my life, I would get crazy busy and trying to fix things and trying to work harder. I've been carted off to hospital twice from the work site. Um, And so I needed to find an answer. And um, rest and rhythm sort of found me. And so I want to help business owners find it. Um, And the vision is really to help them uh, find themselves, work with their time, and then make sure their business makes enough margin that they can help themselves live well. Yeah, no, that's great. And
0: and I guess that comes out of, like, personal experience, right? Um, mm. Why don't you share a little bit about your, your encounter with God by the river and yeah. how this came um out?
1: So at, at one stage, I felt the Lord ask me to go and listen to the sound of the river, uh, which I did faithfully for three months. Um And at the end of three months, I realized he didn't want me to listen to the river. He wanted me to listen to him. But he took something that got my attention enough to keep me there long enough to slow me down. So that would be that encounter.
0: Now, how many of us, you know, um, find God in nature? Yeah? Yeah. And that whole practice of just slowing down—it's just a really hard thing. I remember one of our conversations. You said, "You know, we know how to stop, but we don't know how to slow down."
1: Ah, yes. So rest is not something we do. Um, It's a way of travelling. Because if you stopped, you'd die. Right? The heart would stop. Yeah. We have a resting heart rate, and so it's a practice we need to learn to move slowly. Um, and it happens over time. You learn that, and you get a taste for it, and then you don't want to do it any other way.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things is that when I was reading Matthew 11, and I love that translation from the message version, because you kind of think, you know, I'm busy, I'm busy, I need rest, and then you think, stop. But what you've just articulated is that there's actually a baseline rhythm, mm. and in that passage, it actually says, work with me walk with me. It's not, like, it's not like you don't stop working, but you're working with Jesus and it's talking mm. about a rest and a rhythm. So maybe just explain a little bit, what, what's the difference between rest and rhythm in the way you've defined it?
1: Um, I'm fairly careful about splitting them because they kind of go together. Um, I think about rest as my being and I think about rhythm as my doing. Um, I've often asked myself, am I a human doing? Or am I a human being who's doing? And and so rest and rhythm kind of go together in that way. But that's the easy way to think about it. There is a rhythm of rest. Um, and so finding your way to that is about you know slowing down.
0: Well, no, not a lot of us are in business. Um, but regardless of where we are in life, we need a rest and rhythm in our lives. Um Maybe tell us why most of us find it so hard to do that in our life.
1: Um, Whenever I meet people, the first thing they say is, uh, have you been busy? And I think we love busyness. I think we love being busy. It's kind of that adrenaline thing. I love it too. Um, But I think many, many people find it hard to slow down. Um, When I take people walking on occasions and we walk really slowly. And there's a p- part where we walk for about 50 metres, and I say to them, your brain is going to be blowing up because it's going to be saying, we're never going to make it. Huh? And it takes 45 minutes to slow them down, and then we can connect them with God. Yeah. And so a lot of people just don't slow down. They don't want to. Um I think that's where a lot of stress comes from. And they don't understand the value of time either.
0: Um, so one of the things that I know for myself, because I, I move fast, I think fast, and I, I need to slow down. So I, I totally value the way you've talked about needing that space of solitude, the practice of actually slowing down. So one of the things I do, which I share a lot about, but now is at Listerfield Lake, so don't go there now. Um, LAUGHTER but, you know, that, that, that whole pace of slowing down. And I know not all of us have the luxury of that, but a practice to slow down, I, I've just discovered how absolutely critical that is. Like, um, it, it is life-giving for me. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess my question is, um, how is busyness impacting us? Our relationship with God, our relationship with other people. How have you noticed busyness and its impact upon those things in our life.
1: Well, you know, we've been talking about that Chinese um, picture. So it's a really interesting one. I'm reading a book by Mark, I think it's Mark Buchanan, On the Rest of God. And in it, he talks about uh, the Chinese have two symbols that make up busyness. One is heart and the other is killing. And I think busyness is killing the heart. And it kills our heart. And, and that is why we need to focus in and around that area um, better. And why many people, I don't know, you know that saying, I've, I've lost my heart for it or my heart's not in it? That's what I think busyness is doing. It's just destroying people. Um, it's a villain. And it doesn't matter whether you've got a business or you're just working, busyness can kill you. Um, and I, I just love that thought of putting the heart and killing together in that, that statement.
0: So I did a fact-check with that with Susu, you know, our interpreter, a few weeks ago. So that was, I think, mung. Is that right, guys? Mung? Or is it mung? I don't know. Mung? <laughs> mung? I might have sworn something like that, okay, if I did apologise. But um, but yeah, so I think it was such an insightful thing about um, how business can actually impact, kill our heart and, and, and relationships. And one of the things that um, I've noticed is that Especially in our world that we're living in, we're we're so productive-focused, so efficient-orientated. We think that by managing time more efficiently, we're going to have more time, but we've actually cluttered ourselves even more. And I think even more so with AI, which is generating and assisting us in doing the work that we're meant to do even faster, I am concerned that we're going to move at a faster rate rather than actually learning the art of slowing down. And I recognize that the pace of relationships is really mm. different from the pace of productivity in what we do. Mm. And so I guess out of that question, what are some of the, you know, um, misunderstandings that we have about time? Let's just expand on that. Yeah, i okay. love some of your insights, right?
1: um, w- When I was growing up, everyone said, work hard, because then you'll have time when you're older. Um, I'm now old enough to know that's a load of nonsense. <laughs> At time, we convert into money, but we can't convert it back. So when my son was two years old, I was in London, he rang and he was crying on the phone and he said, Dad, come home. I was away for a week. And um, I knew that if I got on a plane and went home, he would say, Dad, you're not meant to be here. You're meant to be away for a week. It was a moment in time that I knew I'd lost And there are moments in time. Every piece of time is valuable um, because you can't get it back. We trade in time as though it doesn't matter. I don't believe you can waste time. What I believe strongly is you can misallocate it. And that's really, really different. Um, And when it comes to time management or time allocation, um, I would go time allocation is the key because you need to allocate time rather than try and be efficient while you're doing things. So time allocation is about effectiveness and time management is about efficiency. So I concur with you 100%. The AI piece worries me. Um, self-serve is destroying connection, which is destroying relationship. And we, you know, it was one of the reasons why Rest and Rhythm uh, doesn't want to go down self-serve. We could make a lot more money doing that. We could just do some courses and sell them and self-serve it. But that isn't actually helping humanity. It isn't helping community. It isn't helping people learn to connect with one another. And if they can't connect with one another who they can see, how they're going to connect with a the God they can't see. So it's fundamental to our Christianity to to actually in that space of connection
0: you know um as you're sharing some of that like i mean I'm, I'm a bit younger and sometimes yeah there are some myths about time that you know we have to bust a little bit and mm. some of the things you've shared has really brought insight into that um you know one of the things you shared um is that there's sometimes time is always renewable every day i love that language you know every day you wake up oh there's time and there's time and they, sometimes there's no immediate pain with time, but we can waste it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love what you said around, uh, and it, you used this phrase once a lot of us spend a lot of time managing misallocated time. Yeah. I love that. So maybe unpack more. I know you already have. But in what ways do we misallocate time? And how do we better allocate time God's yeah. way?
1: Yeah. Um, we don't a- allocate enough time to rest. And when I say that, people think, oh, well, I sleep pretty well. That's only one aspect of rest. There are four buckets of noise that we need to deal with, physical, mental, emotional, and digital. And we need to find places of rest from all of them. And so I have this place now, sleep and personal are two places where we allocate time. And they're probably, oh yeah, here we go. Um, they're probably the two that we want to um, really focus on uh, more than anything else. And personal, I don't mean walking in the park with a, a listening to an iPod or listening to a podcast. Um, you cannot rest while being consumed with man made content. And music is man made content. It just, Astounds me how many people I see in the park not listening to the birds, not listening to the sounds that are there, and rushing past, and then not really being in a position um, where you know God could speak to them. And so, allocating time to your sleep and to personal, I would say, are the two key areas that I was bad at. You know, I used to go to I used to go to sleep on the couch at about eight o'clock, and wake up at eleven, and then go off to bed. Um, long story, I don't do that anymore. Um, I go to bed at half past eight, and I get up at anywhere after five, um, because I walk for an hour and a half in nature every day, minimum. I would go for three if I could, but you know, we have a business. We've got to do those things. But I took those hours, the 8 till 11, that were wasted kind of watching, sleeping television um, and converted them into proper rest so that I could get up early to go and do something.
0: Maybe you can unpack a little bit about the other two buckets, uh, the work and the non-work activities.
1: Yeah, yeah. So obviously we all want to work. Um, For me, the the aim is freedom, flexibility and fulfilment from your work. We want to enjoy it, not endure it. So if you don't enjoy what you're doing, do something else. Um, But the green box tends to bleed into all the other areas. And so what I would say is you can work out that you're getting the right work only when you've got enough time left over for all the other stuff that you want to do, what we call your inner circle relationships. And so how many people go, I wish I had more time? Anyone? That is a that that just says I don't know how to allocate my time properly. I'm busy rushing, managing. I need to sit down and allocate time. The other thing I would say is you need to allocate time to the things you're not good at. Otherwise you'll never get better at them. <laughs> Alright, so you might say I'm a bad father. Allocate some time to it. <laughs> you know, I'm a bad lover. All right? Allocate some time to it, you know? Um, and that, for me, is, is key.
0: Yeah. Um, now, how many of you have read Stephen Covey's you know, Habits of Effective People? Anyone? Put up your hand. No? Hi? Yeah? Well, one of the things they talk about is they talk about having a jar and you put the big rocks in and you fill in all of the rocks. It's a way to allocate time, you know? But I read this book recently. It's called Time Management for Mortals, which I really like. But it's not a Christian book. But um, but from a Christian lens, it says to teach us the number of days are right, they may gain a heart of wisdom. And I remember when I had my cancer, there was a real awakening that time's outside my control. It is not a commodity that I get every day. It can go just like that. And ever since that moment, I realized how important it is to maximize my time, use my time well for the kingdom of God. But one of the things that I realized in recent times is that it is an art to allocate the right number of rocks into your jar. Amen? Sometimes we think we can do everything, but we cannot.
1: Mm-hmm. Some of
0: us have a 10-liter jar. Some of us have a 4-liter jar. And it changes depending on the season of life that we are in. Mm-hmm. And when it says to teach us the number of days are right, or again, a heart of wisdom. The wisdom to know how to allocate time in the season that we're in, the capacity that we have, is super important. And I realize yeah. that, you know, and I love what examples you gave around the priorities. To be a good father takes time. Amen? It takes investment. To be a good husband takes mm. time and takes investment. That's no, great. Um, a few other questions. One of the distinctions you made in our conversations is um, between the value and the volume of time. Maybe you can share a little bit about mm. that.
1: Here. I think um, as people, we're drawn to volume. We like more. I just want more. Um, every minute of every day has the same volume, but it doesn't have the same value. And you will make more mistakes by leaving something out than by doing too much of something. And the best example I can give is if you were building, uh, baking a loaf of bread, you put a little too much flour in, that wouldn't matter, but if you left the yeast out, that would be disastrous. Very small volume, very high value. So when, you, when I talk about allocating time, it's not on a volume basis per se, but a value basis. It's what are the things that really matter. You know, um, It might be a 15-minute uh, block of time where you just listen to the sound of a river. It's only 15 minutes, but it makes a huge difference. And the kingdom of God is that way too, isn't it? You know, it can make a huge difference if there's only a little piece in there. And so that's what I would say.
0: I've thought a lot about that statement that you've made, and I've kind of meditated on that, and I think it's so true. Like, the more you think about this, sometimes you hear it, you just go, oh, yeah, okay, cool, that's a nice concept, that's new. But when you look at the life of Jesus, you know, people often say this He didn't live a very long life, but man, He made an incredible impact. The way he lived time in the limited amount of volume, but had incredible value, was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think when he invites us to say, Watch and learn how I do it, if you study the Gospels and you see the rhythm of Jesus, the pace of Jesus, why did he retreat when he did? Why did he engage in ministry when he did? Why did he go to some random place and found Philip? You know, why did he? Like why did Jesus use time the way he did? And how do we learn from that? You know, and I thought about this, like when you're talking about volume and value, like I can spend a lot of time with my son, and that's important, nothing takes the place of time. I understand that. But there is not all times equal. When he goes, I want you that, that time has high value. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not there in that moment, I might have given a lot of volume but little value. Kind of thing, when you're saying. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've realized is, as I'm meditating about the stuff you shared o- over the months is that I think why Jesus used time so well is because he walked in step with the Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, we're at the right place, the right time, with the right people, and saying the right things. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. So so that's why somehow, when you think about someone in your life where they haven't spent a lot of time with you, but God used them at the right time, the right place for you. Low volume of time with you, but high value. Can I hear that, man? And I think this is where the prompting of the Holy Spirit, just like Evan's video, man, that was incredible. The prompting of the Holy Spirit to go push through, Mm. give that hearing aids high value, low volume. I just thought... That that insight was was incredible. Um, last question. So we're all here wanting to go, we want to establish a personal rest of rhythm. How would you coach us, whether we're in uni or tertiary, young adult, single mom, parent, you know, a retiree, how would you practically coach us to establish a personal rest of rhythm that Jesus talks about in Matthew
1: 11? Good question. Because we're all different. Um, But it's like anything, you've got to know, where do I start? Yeah? And if I was saying to you, what has been the keys for me, it's slowing down. So I would look to find a way to slow you down. But more importantly, I would start with sleep. Because that was in a way, not getting me right when I was sleeping in front of television. That was kind of stupid, wasn't it? I thought I was watching the television, but I actually wasn't. And so I would say, find where is the right place for you to go to bed and be purposeful in that and be consistent in that. And um, there's many people smarter than me that would say the more hours before midnight you get, the better. Um, and so that's where I'd start with that. And then a personal practice. As you can see, I love going and to the sound of the river. That has become a personal practice, but that personal time for rest. Because rest is the springboard from which you work. Rest is the space from which... You are rhythmic, yeah? And so the right place to start is getting the right amount of rest physically, mentally, emotionally, and unfortunately, digitally as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, I like what you shared about working from rest, you know? Like in the Genesis, we see God working, creating, creating. Then the seventh day, he rested. Mm-hmm. and it's from that place of rest then he commissions us to work yep. and I think sometimes we get it wrong We whoa, 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 I need rest for my work but here he goes from your rest you work yep. yeah. so just to reiterate, to summarize what you said rest, sleep properly work out where you sleep best make sure you manage your sleep well number two, find a practice for our own context to slow down that we can t- practically do on a frequent basis yeah. so we have a practice of slowing down Yeah. any other thing out of that? apart from that
1: um, how many people in here are really rushing it, it, they have a bit of chaos in their life yeah um, where is that chaos most? is it inside or outside? Right. inside yeah when you've got inside chaos, it's likely the base of fear. I know that myself. You know, in, the, in my corporate role, I would have fear coming towards me. And so I would say, if it's inward, you need to learn to slow down inwardly. And somehow you need to get your outer world and your inner world slow. Because if you can't do that, you will be hostage to your circumstances. Yeah, we're all going to be in situations where fear is going to run at us. That's when our inner world needs to be going slow. Our decision making gets made from there, and so we've got to learn how do we slow down our inner world. And um, Pastor Paul was telling me there's an amazing opportunity coming up. <laughs> Where you could take time to go and take a day and slow down, and you could just allocate some time to that, to really go on that exploration with God, find out what He really, what He's really all about, and you'll find Him there. So, go, Paul.
0: <laughs> I think that's a great distinction. Is the rest you're looking for an external one or an internal one? And one of the things you've said before is the quote, I think it's from maybe Mark, about a Sabbath heart. Yes. And I think for us, we don't have time now, but explore Hebrews chapter 4. It talks a lot about rest. It talks about what that kind of rest means. And we understand it as Sabbath rest, but I like the term Sabbath heart. Mm. Because it says it's because of our unbelief that we're not able to enter that rest that God promises us. Yeah, And so, in your own time, explore some of that, because it's a big topic, you create a whole business around this, so we can't cover everything. Um, but um, with that plug that um, Andy just referenced, we as a church have been going through a high activity period, but it's important for us to have rhythms, and part of that rhythm is also to have a rhythm to slow down. And so we've been promoting this around the Spring Prayer Retreat if you have not learned how to do this for an extended period of time seek this as an opportunity to do so okay it is a practice to do and it doesn't yeah. just come overnight you know i used to take the interns when i used to do an internship you do solitude days one hour three hours five hours and we'd extend it because it takes practice right and so saturday the 14th october 9 30 to 4 p.m this is our opportunity together in common unity to be able to learn the practice of rest. Sounds good? Yeah? Okay, so why don't we just give um, Andy a hand? Yeah? Thank you, Andy. I'll just get the worship team to come up, but um, I just want to finish off this whole series in this way. Um, First of all, for us to continue in our journey around faith and work, my heart beats to see that every single one of you embraces your vocation as a calling before God. To be able to love God and love others along the way as you go about doing your work. But as we talked about today, work from a place of rest. Yeah? That sound good? Yeah? Now, one of the things that uh, I want to encourage us to do is a response to two things. Number one, uh, there's a prayer retreat that you guys can be part of and encourage you to be a part of that. But the second thing is I want to take, um, you know, leverage What? that prophetic word, that sense that you had, Andy, that I really do believe that our church is meant to be an apostolic church. That we're not just meant to be planting churches, and I pray that we will, God willing, but also to plant people. Yeah? Plant people, like the Andy Selmans, who feels that prompting of God to plant a business, and it looks like that. Yeah? My vision is to be able to see us being able to move in that realm, to go, if I want to be a disciple that represents Jesus, for some of us, it is in the area of work. And you have a particular call and a sphere in that. And I want to pray for that pioneering spirit in each and every one of us to break open the box of just within the confines of the four walls of the church. It is important. It's not separate. It's integrated. But hopefully through this, we can see that pioneering spirit break out of the four walls of the church. Can I hear an amen? That we will have more things like this, like a rest and rhythm business. It may look very different, like an Evan with the audiologist. Whatever space you are in, if you have that pioneering spirit and God's tapping you on that shoulder over the last three weeks, you go, ah, I feel that there's this stirring and this prompting and this calling that God wants me to pursue this in this arena. I'd love for you to speak to me. Amen? Because we want to cultivate that pioneering spirit in this church. Okay? So why don't we rise to our feet and then uh, we're going to worship the Lord and then I'm just going to um, invite the prayer team to come up as well because I know that some of us may be having things that you want ministry on and we want to pray for us, you know, stand with God with you on that and pray for you. So why don't I just pray and then I'll hand it over and uh, they'll lead us in, in worship. Lord God, I just want to thank you. God I thank you first and foremost for the way you've given us the heart I loved what Andy shared God something so natural something within each and every one of us but it beats and when that beats wrong we go out of sync and we don't live but I pray that that somehow that will be a reminder that of having a rested rhythm of a walk with you that our heart will beat with your heart God That we know how to keep in step with you we know how to pace with you that we know how to slow down lord and allow us to hear your voice because man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god and god i pray that out of that you will birth life you'll birth courage you will birth wisdom you'll birth comfort you will birth insight So, Lord God, we thank you that the invitation to rest is not just rest, but life. And so, Lord God, we just pray for each and every one of us today. I pray for that pioneering spirit that you put in each and every one of us, that is your Holy Spirit, wanting to go out to become springs of living water to wherever it is that we go. So, God, I pray that you would envision people today, God, with a renewed vision of call upon their life and contribution in whatever spaces that you have placed them in. And so, Lord God, we just want to thank you and pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.